Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I talk about the go-home Monday Night Raw before WWE stomping grounds, and we also speak to a future WWE Hall of Famer and politician. Universal Champion Seth Rollins promised on Raw anyone taking the side of Baron Corbin to be the special guest referee would feel the wrath. We'll explain why last night's Raw had us hyped for stomping grounds. Plus, one of the most iconic figures in the history of the WWE, future WWE Hall of Famer and current mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, Glenn Jacobs, also known as Kane, joins the show. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. A lot of people saying I've been very negative lately. Negative Dave is what they're calling me. But after a show like we saw last night, it's hard to be negative. Really good job by the WWE. I thought a very good Raw last night, Mark. Very good show. And the whole structure of the show, all of the I's were dotted, all the T's were crossed. There were a couple of historical significance things that happened in the show that I was very impressed with. There will be no negativity today. This is all love for the WWE. I mean, so many things got put into place. Uh, There's an edge being put on Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. Uh, Braun Strowman is on an unbelievable streak of momentum. Yep. Uh, Everything... Storyline-wise, was on point last night. Like, uh, it, w- it was a good show. You, did you see the crowd? That That's the biggest thing. You, you, and, you and Bubba talked about it yesterday with the family that called in about taking their kids to the show and how they were going to be uh, excited. The yep. kids were excited, and you kind of got a little condescending. But we'll, I didn't get we'll, we'll condescending. I just I, we'll there was something that, that was said that I kind of misinterpreted. That's yeah, you, all. you misinterpreted. Yes, and uh, that's okay. We all have our issues. God, you know, I'm getting older. My hearing's you, going. You're getting older. You're hearing, and yeah. we'll get that aid. But the whole crowd was into the show yesterday. Every match that came out, it seemed like there was a progression of. Uh, the volume being turned up. And that that's hard to do over three hours. So the programming was good. People were getting what they wanted. And they got to see the kind of action that you needed to see. And, Mark, we talked about it. Bully and I talked about it. My biggest complaint with Monday Night Raw, 
especially since WrestleMania 35 is the way they've connected the dots, the consistency of the show from week to week and the cohesiveness from week to week always seems to be a problem with Monday Night Raw. And I think they've done a good job last night of connecting those dots and really giving some backstories, which sometimes they fail to do. It really did feel like a momentum shift last night on Monday Night Raw. And it starts with the little things, Mark. Like, and you and I talked about this before we hit the air today. Perfect example of that would be Gallows and Anderson. Like, they talked about, and not only AJ Styles in the back, but Renee Young did a really good job with this on commentary last night, talking about what the past year has been like for Gallows and Anderson. That's something that the WWE neglects to do. There's always that kind of theory when it comes to the WWE that the audience has a short attention span and they have no memory. Mark, you and I know that's completely the opposite because we talk to the fans every day here on Busted Open. It's just the opposite. We don't have a short attention span. And on top of that, we do have a long memory when it comes to the WWE. And I think they're finally, judging from last night, they're finally acknowledging that fact. They Not only are they acknowledging it, but they put it all into motion with uh, having a traditional match where the local wrestler comes out. Mm-hmm. And the Viking Raiders did an unbelievable job of getting themselves over in a situation where that might not have happened like two weeks ago. I mean, three weeks ago for Agreed. sure. Yep. So they're they're doing things that I I, I really was was giving them a lot of kudos for because um, momentum is a big thing. They did that with Braun Strowman. They realized that he got on a, such a hot streak last week. You got let's keep that going, and that was a that was a footnote that you could tell that they said we got to do this. Mark, when you talk about that, and you are so right, if you're going to build momentum. And we made a point of mentioning that on the show last week when it came to Braun Strowman. You have to continue that momentum. A lot of times we'll see momentum and then we'll see it stall. I said it and I tweeted about it yesterday during Monday Night Raw. You can feel just a momentum shift when it comes to Braun Strowman from week to week. You, you really felt it and saw it last week. And I, even though in a loss, you felt it again with Braun Strowman. And that's something that you can always go back to, Mark. Yeah, and, and, and Seth Rollins. Oh, boy. Yep. Man, we, we talked about it last week. What sets him aside and makes him the guy? And everybody's consensus was, mm, he's not. But this week, they were like, we're going to sharpen this blade. And it, <laughs> you talk about an edge that will cut darkness, they put it on him. For him to come out with the chair, the initial thing with Elias, and then go through the whole entire show, it was like Stone Cold coming out and stunning people all night long. It was like Edge when Edge got to the point to where he was in the same place Seth is. He was a tag wrestler, and now all of a sudden he's the guy, and people are like, uh. But after about two weeks of him coming out and spearing everybody into oblivion, now you had a sharp edge. Yep. No pun intended. <laughs> and that's what they did with Seth. It was beautiful. And, and I mean, we got our questions answered. 
sometimes the, you go into a show and, and all of the answers don't, you don't get all the answers. And that answer was, who's going to be the referee? And it was Elias. Yeah. And what happened? Yeah, uh, then they changed. Said, Plans changed, so to here's speak. Here's my another referee, EC3. What happened? Plans changed again. Plan changed again. And then he's he, Baron Corbin is having a conversation about uh, Eric Young being a referee. And even just having a conversation got him just beat the living daylights out of. So it was like they they kept it going. They told that story. And it was just like there was like three or four other matches in the show that did the same thing. They followed the storyline and all the way to completion. And everybody was happy. You can look in the crowd and see it. Well, you mentioned Seth Rollins. And we had a long discussion last show, Mark. At least I had the problem with Seth Rollins that I didn't see him as the guy. He was missing something. And we almost did an entire show trying to, you know, pinpoint, or at least for me to put my finger on exactly what's missing from Seth Rollins. And the nation did a great job of either disagreeing with me or agreeing with me and trying to give me the reasons why I just don't look at Seth Rollins as the top guy on Monday Night Raw. And sometimes you don't know the answer until it's right in front of your face. And that's what happened last night. Mm -hmm. And then... When I was watching Seth Rollins, I knew exactly what's been missing from Seth Rollins. And you said it a couple of times. Edge. That's what was missing from Seth Rollins. Why did I know that? Because I saw it in Seth Rollins last night. If you're going to be the top guy, if you're going to be the guy that grabs your attention, if you're going to be the guy that's going to make you want to tune into Monday Night Raw every Monday, if you're going to be the guy that makes me want to buy a ticket for you to win on a house show or a live event, it's the edge from Seth Rollins that was missing. The reason I know it, because I saw it last night. And I looked at Seth Rollins in a way last night, Mark, that I've never seen from him before. And the whole entire show was Seth Rollins. You can call it Monday Night Rollins now if you do that. If you can do that every night that he's on, boom, now you got your guy. Everybody believes Everybody knows whose show it is from the beginning all the way through the middle mm -hmm. to the end in match. And who did they go out on? Did they go out on Daniel Bryan? They went out on Seth. So that's that's the point that's being made. Like, okay, you don't think that he's the guy? He don't have the steam that you think he should have? Boom, here you go. Let's put it on him. And they did. And they did it, and Mark, it became a point where it's like, I couldn't wait for Seth to be on my TV screen. And I've never felt that way about Seth Rollins before. Hey, we've seen from him, like we normally see from Seth Rollins, whether it's he's starting the show or ending the show, and there's been a lot of Monday Night Raws where he's done both, where he started and he ended it. And what I saw from him last night is something that I haven't seen. And, again, we talk about momentum. I want to see this built on. What are they going to do to follow this up? Because I don't want to see the Seth Rollins on Sunday or next Monday night that I've seen the last few weeks. I want them to continue, again, connecting the dots, building on momentum, continuity from show to show. I want to see that from Seth Rollins. Because if I see from Seth Rollins on Sunday and Monday what I saw last night – 
then there's your guy that could be the face of the franchise. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. We saw a different type of Seth Rollins. You know, we've been seeing the burn it down Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins can get a little wordy on the microphone. But as you know, Mark, and you've done this in your career, action speaks louder than words. And I think Seth Rollins proved that fact last night on Monday Night Raw. You know what? Not only did he prove it, but he he delivered such a great performance, and, and it wasn't out of arrogance. It was out of, you're going to respect me, and if you're going to side with the enemy, this is going to be your consequences. As it was said in one of my favorite movies of all time, there's going to be consequences and repercussions. <laughs> and last night, <laughs> if and just ask Elias, ask EC3, ask Eric Young, as Baron Corbett, there were consequences and repercussions last night. And all of those guys can attest to it. And at the end, the match that he had with Daniel Bryan proved how great a wrestler he is. But that wasn't the question. We know he's a great wrestler. We know it already. The point that had to be made is, is he the guy? Yeah. And they proved it last night. And they did it, like, again, with his actions. And as you said, Mark, they followed it up with what a main event match should be. That's a main event on a Monday Night Raw, what we saw with Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan, Mark. Man, a pay-per-view type match. Yes. I mean, everything but the jumping off the top of the cage. And you know what? It made sense. Here we are going into a pay-per-view. Your universal champion is Seth Rollins. He's got a big match with Baron Corbin. And what they did with that main event was beautiful. And sometimes, Mark, you don't get this on a Monday Night Raw. First of all, you get a quality main event. It's not a thrown-together tag match or six-man tag match. You're getting a one-on-one match between two of the best wrestlers in your company. Where there's a finish. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. And Where there's a definitive finish that... Gives heat to somebody or puts somebody over. And I was just going to say that. A lot of times on these matches with Monday Night Raw, especially in the main event, you don't get a finish. And you got to finish. And the best part about it, Mark, the right guy won. A lot of times in these, you know, quote-unquote non-title matches, and let's face it, that should be a non-title match because you're getting the title match on Sunday. So, again, continuity and connecting the dots. You're getting a non-title match on Raw in your main event. You're getting Daniel Bryan, who gets the loss where he should be, instead of the other way around where, you know, the challenger is getting the win. Doesn't make sense because he's not the one that's challenging for the title. It's Baron Corbin. Seth Rollins comes out strong, and so does Daniel Bryan, by the way. Daniel Bryan loses nothing in that loss. Nothing. But what do you get at the end is the beatdown with Baron Corbin because that's who they got to sell you on. And even though you don't get the special guest referee announcement, that's a little intrigue into what you're going to get on Sunday. I thought that was a really good job because what's the job that they have to do? They got to get you invested in the main event. They did that. They paid off with a great main event. We got that. But at the same time, they got to make you want to tune into the pay-per-view on Sunday. And I thought they did a good job with that last night as well. They, they did. I mean, if, if there was ever a point where tickets didn't, wasn't flying off the shelf, 
uh, last night gave you a reason to go buy one. They did an unbelievable job. I was really, really impressed. And it's it's hard sometimes to to pay the kind of compliments that 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 show needed because it just wasn't delivering. Mm-hmm. But the last two weeks we've got back to back good shows, and things happened that were textbook, and that's that's ultimately what we want: continuity, and we want to see what we came to see as wrestling fans. I want to see the bad guy. I want to see the good guy. I want to see somebody persevere through insurmountable odds. I want to see somebody that make that makes me laugh. I miss the Santinos of the world. I miss the Doink the Clowns. I, I want to see stuff that, that makes me happy. But I also want to be so angry and so pissed off that you almost have to call security. Yeah. I want you to, to get me to the brink of, hey, man, what is he doing? I want to be there <laughs> in my wrestling, as my fandom. But, Dave, we haven't gotten it over a few months, and now it just seems like we're getting it. And, Mark, what you're saying is, you know, again, what's been the foundation of pro wrestling for forever, which is storytelling more than anything else and that's exactly what you're in, in not so many words that's what you're saying you want yeah. story you want you're stories right. that 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 make sense and coming out of last night they told you stories that made sense now Alex Metz made a really good point during the break cuz he's you know he's you know doing our twitter account at busted open radio and he's and he's reading some of the tweets and where people are like upset about like Gallows and Anderson and EC3 well not every story is going to get a payoff right away. Right hey, away. You want you want stories to build. You want stories that you want there to be a thread. And when it comes to like Gallows and Anderson, just for the example, because we brought it up before, this is just the beginning of the story. Because for forever, that's been off the grid. That's been off the grid. Now they're actually putting a focus on Gallows and Anderson. Well, you know what? Every every story needs a beginning, a middle, and the end. This is just the beginning. You don't want them to give you the beginning, middle, and end, or just jump from the beginning to the end. You got to let a story play out. And you know what, too, Mark? Not every story that they give you is going to play out the way you want it to. Not every story, the end, is going to really? be what you want it to be. I can't have what I want. Not no. You can't be Batista. You don't just get. You don't just. You can't be just give me what I want, what I want all the time. That's Batista, okay? Wow. You got to let it play out, man. Be patient. Last night, and I'm the but most- But I want it now, Dave. I'm the most negative son of a bitch on the air. All I've been hearing for the last two weeks is how negative I am. I'm Mr. Positivity today because we got a three-hour show last night that I was actually able to sit through from beginning to end. Actually, you know what happened? Honest to God, Mark. You know what happened last night? I was laying in bed after Monday Night Raw, and I was actually thinking about the show and actually saying, how are they going to follow this up next week, and how are they going to follow up on the pay-per-view? I wasn't at the th- I wasn't the third hour of the show like, go, for God's sakes, let's wrap up this show already so I can go to bed. I was actually thinking about the show when the show was over. That's the goal. That's what you want to do, and that's what they did last night. Dave, I can tell you this too right now. I can call my wife right now and, and she'll attest to this. I tossed and turned 
last night. I mumbled and woke myself up last night in my sleep because you know I don't like scary movies. And I had a nightmare last night about Bray Wyatt and the Funhouse. Like, that's crazy, man. Like, I, I don't I, I love my wrestling, but I don't want it waking up in the middle of the night. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. Serious XM, no car required. You know, we always talk about the stigma around pro wrestling for for years and decades even. And those things are going to change. So, you know, you know, now, you know, what we have with Mayor Glenn Jacobs and, you know, what we had with Jesse Ventura being, you know, Governor Ventura, not only in the world of entertainment, but now in the world of politics when it comes to professional wrestling, Mark. You know what? It's I, I said this before. There's a lot of really, really smart guys um, in pro wrestling. Uh, you have a lot of guys that are college graduates. You have a lot of guys that are educated men. And you have to understand psychology, so you have to understand people. And when you're a mayor, you have to understand the people. And mm-hmm. you have to like want to know what people want and what they need and how you can get those services to the people. And that being said, Glenn was always one of the smartest. If you do a consensus of all the guys that wrestled over the last 20 years and they started saying, man, who's the smartest guy, kind of the most withered guy that you've ever been around? I guarantee 90% would say Kane. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and that tells you how good he is at what he does in yeah. the fact that Look what his character has been for years and years and years, and now what he's able to do. It, it really is um, very, very telling, Mark, when you see somebody like him succeed like he did in the ring and now succeeding in the world of politics. And, and that's somebody who gets something done. That's somebody who's focused, and that's somebody who, when he sets goals, definitely goes out and achieves them. Yeah, I mean, in the mold of Jesse Ventura, smart, smart man and experienced mm-hmm. more than anything like they're smart people but they're exposed they've traveled the world they know other systems they know other um the the way things work in other countries as well as what works here and they've seen enough that if something was positive somewhere else they're like why can't we do that yeah you know like why why do we have to stay in this system that's broken or um it's something that's there's a better way to do it. And I remember uh, we used to play video games all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a uh, there's a game that every time you saw, you know, Glenn Idol, he was playing this game where you build cities. Oh, really? Yeah. He used to play this game. I, I can't remember. He'll be able to tell us, I guess, when we get him on. Um, but he used to build cities. He had to work with the sanitation. He had to work with uh, the water systems and how to keep the power and uh, all of these different things that were elements to the to how you run a city. And he and this was 20 years ago. He was playing this game. 
So I, I think it was an, an infectious thing with him that he wanted to help build community and how to keep a city running, and he ended up doing it for real. That's, it's, it's unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? Think about that. I, I mean, that's an a, um, amazing story, Mark, because like you, saw, you talk about a game, but something that he was completely focused on, he achieved, and, and now is doing what he's doing in the world of politics. I think that's... That's really the measure of a man, and and I and I think that's a wonderful story, Mark. Yeah, and I, he'll be able to tell us what the game is because I'm just not people like, damn, what was the name of that game? But it was, um, you know, it wasn't The Sims. That's kind of like the modern version of mm-hmm. whatever this game was he played. But I mean, golly, that's, that's cool. it requires a lot of thought. Well, how many people are in the town? You got to have X amount of garbage men for the trash. Got to think all. of those things. And yeah, it's just like I couldn't. I was like, wow, this this is too much for me. Well, too much I'm, thinking involved. Well, Mark, you can <laughs> ask the man himself because uh, right now joining us live on the line, Mayor Glenn Jacobs. Mr. Mayor, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing great, man. It's great to have you on. Can you? What was the name of the game that you used to play? Sim uh, City. Was it Sim City? It, 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 yeah, it was Sim City. Yeah. Okay, a little different than the Sims. The Sims is like family thing, and Sim City you built your own city. I named mine Glenville. <laughs> <laughs> of course, right? Glenville. Paul Bear gave me hard. T- yeah, Paul Bear gave me hard times. So like you name the city after yourself. I'm like, yeah, it's a game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I used to. I used to watch you play it sometimes, and I would be like, man, it's just too much thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but it was you. It, it, it fits your personality perfectly. Um, a lot of the guys always refer to you as the smart guy. And um, it, it looks good for all of us because we're in association with you. So it, it's, it's like we we get smart just by being around. But <laughs> Is is it a, is it hard for you to um, to try to help perpetuate how people view how how people view you? Yeah, uh, it is, and I'm sure you go through the same thing, Mark. Um, you know, there there is an unfortunate stereotype that people that like us and make a living with our body, uh, you know, big guys that you know somehow like the the size of your body is or the size of your brain is inversely correlated to the size of your body. So the bigger you are, the stupider you are, it feels like sometimes people think. Right. Um, you know, and that, that is unfortunate. Uh, you know, if you look up and down the roster, man, everybody, most everybody went to college, uh, if, even if they didn't have college degrees, you know. Um, and also just managing what we had to manage as far as um, it's not only going out into the, to the ring for 10 or 15 minutes a night. It was travel and uh, your finances. And of course, uh, you know, since we're independent contractors, we have to, uh, we're responsible and have to keep track of a lot more stuff than uh, most other people do that, that are employees. So uh, I, I, that's one of the things that I'm really, really trying to do is uh, to the extent I can is to break that stereotype. And it just amazes me because you have people like, um, you know, people like John Cena and, and Dwayne Johnson who are out there, you know, uh, Cena's becoming a big movie star, Dwayne's the number one movie star in the world. And, you know, but there's still this stereotype about, about professional wrestlers. And I, I just don't get it. I mean, it's like how much more do, you know, the people have to do to prove that, uh, you know, we're, we're smart too. 
you know. So, uh, but I do what I can. Well, you talk about the stereotype, and you're so right. What what you and and what Mark, for example, have to go through. But even the stigma about pro wrestling. Listen, it was a big fight to get this show on the air on Sirius XM because there always seems to be a stigma about pro wrestling. Do you think because of, like you said, the John Cena's of the world, what you've accomplished, Jesse Ventura, The Rock, do you think that finally we've been able to break that mold, so to speak? I don't know. Uh, I, I really think it's the popularity of wrestling during the, uh, uh, especially WWE, of course, during the Attitude Era. Um, got so many people involved as fans, and now these folks have grown up and are in decision-making positions in many cases, mm. um, and they're still fans. And you know, I think I think that's helped tremendously. You know, it's funny because you look at Ric Flair right now, and Ric Flair is—he's made this like, enormous comeback in pop culture. You know, I mean, Rick wrestled—you know—back in in the '80s and '90s, and now all of a sudden you see all these professional athletes, and they're all, <laughs> they're all doing Flair stick because they watched them when they were kids. And now they've grown up, and you know they're they're, they're paying homage to it. I, th- I think that's more of it, really. Um, you know, I think that also that WWE being more mainstream entertainment. I mean, for years, of course, you know, professional wrestling was confined to uh, National Guard armories and high school gyms, and uh, you know, the uh, that was about it. Now, uh, since WWE is is a global company and so large, and, and go so many places and you know i have have these enormous events i think that helps as well um you know so hopefully we have at least to some extent broken the stigma i mean people are always going to say stuff of course uh but i I think that people for the most part realize now that hey we're they're entertainers and they're pretty doggone good entertainers too glenn you were talking about um globally what we're doing they they just had a big pay-per-view down in saudi arabia and where Undertaker and Goldberg had uh, the first, um, or maybe and last, uh, meeting. And there were people that were very negative about the last 90 seconds of that match for what it was. I don't know if you if you saw the pay-per-view, yeah. but it was, um, I thought it was an unbelievable experience, not, as, not just a wrestling match, but an experience. And uh, there was some negative, a lot, some negativity about the last ninety seconds with uh, with the fans. How how did you view the match, and how do you feel about uh, the fallout of that last ninety seconds? Well, I think often people are way too critical and should just enjoy the moment, and uh, that that's been my thought for a long time. Unfortunately, as great as social media and our connectivity on the internet is nowadays. Um, there's so much negativity, and that really turns me off. I'm like, gosh, guys, you know, if I, if I want to go get yelled at, I can go do that anywhere, you know. But why would I want to go online and you know just see all this stuff? Um, you know, uh, Bill knocked himself out uh, at some point during the match, and you could see that he was just struggling to make it, uh, you know, through the rest of the, through the rest of the match. Um, so you kind of have to take that into account, you know, and they went out there and, and did the best they could under those circumstances. Um, and, you know, that's what Undertaker always does, of course. Um, 
you know. So it's just one of those things. I mean, uh, I think if you were to ask Bill uh, and Taker, would, you know, would they like to do it over again? Yeah, but it is what it is. And you know, instead of being critical about it, people could say, wow, I never thought I'd see that match happen, but I did. You know, you you mentioned social media, and, and I think we're all aware that, you know, it's kind of the, the voice of – the minority and it's not everyone's perception of what they saw in that match, but people probably feel more comfortable being negative on social media than being positive. What's tougher dealing with social media in the world of wrestling or dealing with social media in the world of politics? Wow. (laughs) That's a great question. Um, You know, it's, 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 yeah, but it's really a lot the same, right? Because you're always dealing with people's opinions. Um, And I'll be the first to admit, you know, Sometimes I'd say, why is, you know, why is this elected official doing, doing this or that? Or why is the government doing this or that? And then you get in here and you're like, oh, I understand now. Um, you know, so it's not, mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, you have that, that perception from the outside and it changes once you get on into the inside. It's the same in wrestling. You know, everybody's, you know, take criticism because why do you do this or that? But then they don't understand what's really going on. You know, and the confines and that you're working within, and the components that you're working with, and um, I don't. You know, they're they're really about the same, man. You know, <laughs> because you're dealing with sometimes too with people that just, no matter what, they're going to be negative and they're going to be critical. And at some point, you can't do anything about it. And you can, as a human being, just say to yourself, "I've I'm doing the best that I can, and I can be proud of that." And they don't like it well they don't like it and move on you know that there's another thing that i wanted to bring up and uh you are working with one of my favorite people and one of the people that you know helped train me dr tom pritchard um you are also giving back in the sense that you are teaching what all the knowledge that you attained all these years and uh can you tell us more about the school sure Tom and I started uh, a school called the Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy. It's here in Knoxville. Um, we've had two classes so far, and what we do, uh, Tom, Tom's the main trainer, of course. You know, but to me, Tom's the best trainer in the world. Um, so he, he's really an element. But it's a 12-week course. Um, you know, people come down and um, they train for 12 weeks and learn to do the moves and do promos and figure out their character. Um, we have a, a young man from India in this class. Uh, so it, it literally it's already gone global after only uh, being in operation for about six or seven months. Um, but, you know, the thing about training to be a professional wrestler is anyone can set up a ring and anyone can roll around it. But it takes someone like Tom Pritchard who actually knows what they're doing, um, who knows how to do things safely, how to do things in a high quality manner and, when and why to do things and can articulate and explain that to you. That's what's going to make you a success. Um, you know, not just going out and, and just saying, hey, I, I know how to fall down on my back. I'm the first wrestler now. As you know, uh, Tom was my first coach and my first trainer. And uh, the WWE employed him, or WWF at the time, employed him to be um, the in-house coach he was transitioning out of wrestling and becoming a trainer and um i i was not the best student to work with (laughs) i must say 
But you? I did get a lot from Tom. Tom was like, you really need to know how to do all of this, not for your own good, but for the good of the person that you're touching hands with. He was like, you know, do if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for them. And he made it a uh, he made it a connection with the person across the ring that I, I never thought of at that time. And he's just a brilliant psychologist of how, when, and why. And a lot of times as students of anything, uh, sometimes you don't want to ask a lot of questions because you're in a hurry to, to get to your next thing. And Tom was like, I always want you to ask me why, please. Like if you don't ask me a why question, I'm going to feel like you think you know everything. And in wrestling, there's nobody that knows everything. And uh, that that is is really good that you have him as, you know, your main trainer because uh, right there with Rip Rogers, I think, and, and Leo Burke, those are the best three that I've ever had. And yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I hope that if y'all ever need somebody to come down, you can call me. You know I'll be there in a heartbeat. Well, I appreciate that, brother. Thank you so much. Um, but, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of uh, uh, Tom and – uh, his teaching ability and his knowledge. And, uh, I know that the first class that went through, um, they they really enjoyed it and they learned a lot. And this class is as well. We look forward to many more. And I might, I might take you up on that offer too. Uh, last question for me, because listen, you're a mayor and you're a very busy man. So what's it like for, I know you're a part of the authority, so you're probably used to putting on a suit and tie, but what's it like <laughs> now after all those years of the travel and the wear and tear of having to get on planes and buses, what's it like having a gig where, you know what, you're close to home and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a short commute to get to work. What's that like for you? <laughs> Mark, I think Mark would say the same thing. And I, I, I spent my life trying to stay out of the suit, and here I am. It didn't matter, you know. Um, so <laughs> that, that's just, that's just the way things turn out. But um, this is a this is a wonderful job. Um, I think that anyone that gets into uh, elected office uh, will tell you that being mayor is the best office you can hold because you are close to folks. You know, I mean. You still, uh, you still know your constituency, um, and you're able to get things done. When you know you, you when you if you become a congressman or U.S. senator or even even a state rep or a, or a governor, uh, you know you don't have that connection, and you also don't have the ability to really get things done like like I have the ability to do because I can set an agenda and literally, you know, see it see it come about can't do that if you're in Congress. You can't do that if you're in the state house. Um, and that's very gratifying. And also, you know, you're to some extent, you're the face of the community. Um, and ours is a great community. So I've, I've met so many wonderful people. I see so many people here that are, that are doing great things for the community, um, business people that are doing great things, creating jobs, uh, creating wealth for people. So it really is just outstanding. And yes, it's about a 20 minute drive from my house. And that's a good thing. Mr. Mayor, um, I, we, we've talked about wrestling. We've talked about your position, uh, but we haven't talked about policy. Uh, what is what is your policy on, like, the homeless and 
what y'all do in the community for your homeless? Well, what we're trying to do is we're uh, we're working with churches, um, forming a network uh, to to help with that. Um, you know, something else that's very disturbing to me is uh, statistically across the country, about a quarter of the homeless are are veterans, and it just boggles my mind that to think that you know when people have served our country. Um, you drive down the road, you know, here in here in Knoxville, you know, it's, we have a place that, you know, it's known for homelessness, and it's under the bridge. And you drive under the bridge, and uh, one fourth of those people probably serve the country. Um, so that that's really disheartening to me. And um, you know, we're working on on really reaching out to those folks and uh, linking them up with services um, that they can utilize. Um, in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, they did something which is really fascinating, and uh, we're looking to implement that here, too. It's basically, they started a work program uh, where they had a van go out and, and basically go to, you know, the homeless shelters and uh, take them and, and go pick up trash or do beautification projects around the city as day laborers uh, to get people that sense of and that sense of doing something, that sense of pride. You know, when, when people are homeless, it's not like they can just snap their fingers and fix everything. I mean, a lot of cases, they don't have any family connections. Of course, they don't have any money. They may not even have a driver's license. But it's hard to get to work if you don't have a car and you don't have a driver's license. So that's something else you look at is just you know, how, how can you provide people um, with the ability to, to access those services that they need uh and of course you look at homelessness and i think that mental health and um the drug problem are huge contributors i mean i don't i don't think that i know that um and that's something else that we're you know working on is trying to get to the root of all that uh you know the, the the drug issue across the country of course is um it's bad it's getting worse uh it's particularly bad here um you know and again it's not something that we can just snap our fingers and solve but we are working on it and same with mental health i mean unfortunately that's something that the state uh, handles uh, to a great extent um, but i think those two are linked and you know things like criminal justice reform and uh, figuring out um, you know when people come out of come out of jail uh, a pathway to where they just don't go back on the streets where you know they can have a uh, viable skill and can get employment i think all those things help uh they're not going to solve the entire problem but i think they do make a dent in it well i i, I really appreciate you know your time i also uh, i'm doing th- this thing called boots on the ground a day of service and that's great just like just like uh the bridge in in knoxville we have a bridge overpass here in downtown Austin and uh this week on Father's Day we went down we gave free haircuts and shaves uh gave out some kits to for sanitary purposes and uh, hi, uh hygiene kits and we gave a lot of water and I was out there for 3 hours and uh I was dripping with sweat I can't imagine being in that situation for 24 hours a day every day every day every day um, dealing with the homeless shelters, which, you know, we've given money to in years past, um, there's a lot of rules and regulations. And when you go yep. to the homeless shelters and you can't abide by the rules, you can't get the services. So there, yep. the people that are under the bridge 
you know, those are the ones in the overpass. Those are the ones that I wanted to serve because um, some of them are mental, mentally ill or drug um, abusers, but they're still people and they still need help and they still need services. And we wanted to go put people in the way to help those people. And uh, I would be honored to be able to work with, you know, y'all's local urban league or uh, any community. I have some already existing sponsors that are willing to throw money at it. Uh, But I I would be more than happy to come to Knoxville and uh, go under that overpass or the bridge and, and try to help as many of those people as I can. Uh, I don't, I don't expect what I've done to stop being done. Um, but I just want more people to think about how other people are, are, are viewed and, and how, what situations they're in. So, um, I'm, I'm there for, for wrestling, but I'll also be there for, uh, helping in that situation. Man, I, I appreciate that. Um, and I also, that's what it's all about is, all of us helping each other, you know, as a community. And um, I, I appreciate you doing that because that shows uh, – it's an example, right? And um, there are so many things that, as a community, that we can – and, I, again, we can't necessarily solve, but we can certainly make a dent in things. And I think yeah. the most important thing is we can show people that we love them and that they are human beings and deserving of dignity, Um you know, and, and all those things. So I appreciate you doing that. Man. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.